I want to encourage you, if you have your your phone or your iPad or whatever it is, if you're watching on TV, whatever it is that you're doing to just uh, follow along, I want to I want to try to encourage you today through God's word. You know, um, as we continue to walk through this this uh, this pandemic, I want to encourage you to just uh, reach out to your neighbors, text them, call them to your family members. Just reach out, just ask them how they doing and, and just uh, be there for them. And, and who knows, this might be the greatest time of harvest in your family or in your life that you'll ever see. So we are our brother's keeper. And I encourage you to check on on those, you know, the people, your friends in church. Check on them. Check and check on them. Give them a call. Give them a text. See how they're doing. And, and let's just let's just stand together during this time. Amen. I know that many people, uh, as we continue to go through this this time, people are getting weary. People are getting tired. And, and you know, some people are getting depressed. They're getting discouraged with what's going on. And and I know that that people are, or their, their anxiety is getting worse. Their fear, the fear is growing stronger. And, and, and it just seems so bleak. It just seems so hopeless in their world. And as they see it, and many are feeling hopeless right now. They, they're feeling dispirited. They're burdened down. And so I want to encourage you today. I want to, I want to try to give you hope. What do you do? What can we do during this time? What would God want us to do? That's a good question to ask. God, what would you want me to do? How did you want me to respond? I want to encourage you today by reading one of the most important instructions that God has ever given his people, which is in the Ten Commandments. Now, you know, the Ten Commandments, some might think, well, what does the Ten Commandments have to do with what we're going through right now? It's irrelevant. No, I don't think it is. I think it is very relevant. In fact, the Ten Commandments were really the instructions that were given to the nation of Israel, really the 10 keys, the principles of how to be successful in the promised land. He said, listen, I'm delivering you from Egypt. I'm bringing you to the promised land. He said, these are the 10 principles you must abide by if you are going to be successful in the promised land. In Deuteronomy 5 and 1, it says, Moses called all the people of Israel together and he said, listen carefully, Israel, hear the decrees and regulations I am giving you today so that you may learn them and obey them. See, obeying the principles of God's word is key to our success. See, these principles God gave the nation of Israel are the same principles that God gives us as Christians to being successful in whatever experience or season of life we're in, including a pandemic. And so if we follow God's principles, we follow his commandments, then we can be successful during this time. Now, the very first commandment that God gave the children of Israel is found in Exodus 20. And in verse 1, it says, And God spoke all these words. And he said, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt and out of the land of slavery. And you shall have no other gods before me. That was his number one instruction. Now, we can't, as you could tell, we can have more than one God. He says here, he says, don't have any other gods. And so the very command of God is that we are to turn to him and to make him the source of our life. You know, a God is anything or anyone that you reverence, you fear, you depend on, you trust in, you rely on. Whenever we rely on anything but God, we make that a God. 
And so whatever you reverence, fear, depend, or trust in becomes your God. And so you shall have no other gods before me. What does that mean? It means we are not to depend on anyone or anything more than the Lord. It means we're not to reverence, fear, or respect anything more than the Lord. We are to depend on and trust in, in God alone, the supreme king of kings and the Lord of lords. That's the first principle. The first key principle of God's instructions to be successful, even during a a drought or a famine or a, a plague, whatever you go through. He said, make sure that he's number one. Make sure your number one dependency is on God. That's why he said in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, you know, we, we often read 14, but not 13 or verse 15. But verse 13 says, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins and heal their hand, heal their land. You see, when God has built the temple and he said, my presence is going to be here. And if you come here and you worship me and serve me, I'm going to bless you. But if all of a sudden you see things falling apart, then go back to where you were before. And so he says, when you start to reverence, depend on and trust in anyone or anything other than God, and you've made a God out of something other than the true God, and you, and you can expect This is what you can expect. You can expect bad things to start happening. You can expect God's provision, protection, and grace to be removed off your life. That's what he was saying. And so he was telling them, listen, this is the prescription to turning your life around. This is the prescription to turning a whole nation around. So that's why he basically instructs us in verse 14 to turn our hearts back to God. And that's what he was saying there. Here's the spiritual principle. It's the sin of turning away from God and allowing other gods in our life that causes us to forfeit God's blessings and grace in our life. You know, a New Testament version of this principle is found in Matthew 6, 33, where Jesus said this. He said, why are you worried about all these things? Don't worry about them. I'm going to take care of you like the birds of the, of the sky. But he says in verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things will be given to you as well. Seek first his kingdom means to have no other gods before me. Seeking first his kingdom means to depend on and trust in God to care for you and not care, not trusting in yourself or others to meet your needs. That's what it's saying. And so I think the most important step that you and I can take to get God's presence and provisions working in our life is this, is to seek first the kingdom of God, is to depend on and turn to God to help us through this tough time. Make your relationship with God your number one priority. That's what he's saying. Have no other gods before me. And and so above all, we are to depend on God. We are to trust and rely on God to help us. And every time you read in the history of the nation that the, the people of God turned to God, God moved and God worked on their behalf. That's why we pray. 
for God to heal our land. Look at God's promise when you follow his instructions in verse 14. He says, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Look at the promise in Matthew 6, 33. And all these things will be given to you as well. When? When you seek first the kingdom of God. Amen. So our relationship with God has to be top priority. Saints, that's the best thing. The most important thing that we can do is turn to God. Amen. How do you establish God as your number one priority? What if during the busyness of life and everything, he's kind of, you know, our, our relationship with God slipped. I want to share with you a way that I believe we can deepen our dependency on God. I want to encourage you, my brothers and sisters. The Lord knows exactly where you are. He knows what you're dealing with and he wants to help you. And so you can count on the Lord to help you when you're stressed out. He's going to help you. When you're fearful, he's going to help you. When you're heavy hearted and you're burned down, the Lord said, I'm going to help you. When you're financially strained, he said, I'm going to help you. Listen, whenever you're depressed and discouraged, the Lord's promises, I'm going to be there. All these things will be added unto you. So let me encourage encourage you. When you need God's help, one of the greatest things you can do is deepen your dependency on God. Well, how do you do that? Well, the way that I was thinking, how can I help people in a practical way to deepen their dependency on God? And this is what I believe the Lord just dropped in my spirit. It's learning to pray Psalm 23. Psalm 23 is a powerful psalm. It's the most well-known psalm. It's the psalm people turn to whenever they're grieving, whenever they're, they're, their back is against the wall. But I believe it's so powerful that it teaches us to pin on him. Let's read it together. It says in Psalm 23, in verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, David penned these words. Whenever he experienced a good shepherd, it's a model prayer, I believe. And there, the, this psalm gives us five ways to deepen our dependency in God. And I don't want to cl- quickly give them to you. The first way to deepen your dependency on God through this psalm is number one, depend on God's provision for your life. Depend on God's provisions. Through prayer, we should ask God, Lord, meet my need. Lord, I need you to help me. We should pray for God's provision. Listen what it says there in verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. Think about this. What does a shepherd do when he's caring for his sheep? He makes sure that he provides for his sheep. A good shepherd makes sure that his sheep are well cared for. He makes sure that they're in a good place. What we need to remember is God takes care of us better than a shepherd would take care of his sheep. He's the good shepherd. And so he's going to take care of us. The question is, do I really believe that God will provide for me during this time? 
You see, the spirit of fear will tell me, no, no, God won't provide for you. He's going to let you down. But my faith and my dependency on God tells me, yes, he's going to be there for me. Yes, he's going to help me. He's going to see me through this. I love Philippians 4.19. And my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That's an incredible promise from God. He's going to supply my needs. You know, just recently, uh, not long ago, Tony, and I went on a fishing trip and we had a good time fishing. We caught some fish. We're on our way home and we were down in Cow Island. We're coming off the interstate and we're down Apollo Road there. And all of a sudden we hear this crash and my, I look out of my window and my, my wheel of my trailer comes flying past me and, and it hits the road and we pull off and, and, and so we're just shocked. And so I go down the, the road to, to find the, the tire. Thankfully, it didn't hit anybody, didn't hit a car, oncoming car. And I get the tire and I come back and we're just standing there not knowing what to do. And all of a sudden, people from this business across the street, they come out and they say, hey, we got a forklift. We can take your boat off the side of the road. Another guy backs up his truck. He's got all kind of, uh, he's a mechanic and he has all this equipment. And he says, I can change your bearings. And before we knew it, like they were taking care of our need. And uh, we were blown away. And you know, I begin to think, wow. God is providing for this need supernaturally. And, and you know, as I, as I begin to think of it, I was reminded that God knows our every need. Saints, God knows where you're at right now. And he knows your needs down the road. He knows what you need right now. And he wants to provide your every need. Amen. He is our provider. But number two, to deepen our dependency on God, not should we just depend on God to provide for us, but number two, we should depend on God's peace. Isn't it true that one of the first things we forfeit when we're going through a tough time is our peace? You know, trials and tribulations surface our insecurities, our fears, our doubts, and then all of a sudden, man, we, we can be, uh, you know, just enjoying the peace of God and all of a sudden it's gone. It exposes our spiritual weakness in our relationship with God. But the psalmist reminds us our God is the source of our peace. And he says this in Psalm 23 and 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Verse 2, he says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. Think about this with me. Think about the serenity of lying down in green pastures and sitting by the streams of water. It's a picture of a quiet spirit and a tranquil soul. And that's the, that's the, the imagery. That's the picture the psalmist David, who was a shepherd, is trying to give us. That's the picture. He leads me beside quiet waters. In other words, the shepherd is going to make sure that you find a place of peace in the midst of your trials and your tribulation. Listen, we need to remember that our heavenly father doesn't want us to live in turmoil. He doesn't want us to live troubled. He doesn't want us to live filled with anxiety. He wants us to know he's a constant state of peace for us. Amen. John 14, 27 says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Do not, I'm not the way the world gives, not the peace the world gives that I give to you. No, it's a special peace. It's a supernatural peace. He wants us to live in a place of peace. And I declare that over you right now, that fear, anxiety, and worry is leaving your spirit and your mind right now. Amen. So I want you to just depend on God and begin to pray. Lord, thank you for your peace. 
Thank you for your peace. It causes us to bend on him. Lord, I need your peace. I want your peace. It, it creates dependence on God. You know, I got a call, uh, yesterday while I was preparing and, and, and a friend of mine called and said, Hey, do you know, we had a, a mutual friend whose dad started having chest pains. They were rushing him to the hospital. He has health problems already. They thought it, they were thinking he was having a heart attack. And so I called him and just prayed with him. I said, man, I'm just going to pray with you and pray God just cover you. And, and, and I prayed for him as well as his dad. And when we got off, he said, you know, he said, man, I got total peace. I know my dad's going to be all right. And you know, it just reminded me that God can give you peace, not after the storm, but in the storm right now. He's the Prince of Peace. His peace surpasses understanding. Like, why should we have peace right now? Because God, he's the God of peace. You know why we shouldn't be afraid? Because the Bible says that he is with us. He's with us. We can depend on him to be with us through the fire. Amen. And so number three, the third way to deepen your dependency on God is to depend on God's presence and God's power. Depend on his, on his provision. He's the provider. Depend on his peace, but depend on his power and his presence. When you go through the fire of adversity, we should depend on God to help us. And this is what the psalmist said in verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? You are with me. You're with me. What a tremendous promise that he is with us. He doesn't, he, he's not going to forsake us when we need him the most. As a child of God, God's not going to turn his back on you when you need him the most right now. And the reason why we shouldn't be afraid is to know that he is with us. Remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? And they refused to bow down to the idol and worship the golden image. And they got thrown into the fiery furnace. King Nebuchadnezzar had them thrown into the fiery furnace. And they said, I don't know if we're going to get delivered, but we're going to worship God. We're going to depend on God. And after they threw him in, the king says, wait a minute. I thought y'all, didn't y'all put three men in there? Yeah, three men, sir. Well, there's four. There's, there's somebody else in there like, like the son of God. They're, listen, the Hebrew boys were walking around. Wow. What was that? Who was that fourth man? It was Jesus, right? It was the Lord that was with them in the fire. And so listen, when they came out of that fiery furnace, the Bible tells us that their, their, the fire had no power over their body. The fire, their hair was not singed and their clothes didn't even smell the smoke. I'm talking about supernatural grace right there. Amen. And so listen, what you can expect is for God's power to be with you when you go through the fire. He's going to be with you in the fiery furnace. So be encouraged today that God is on the scene. He's not asleep. He's not. He hasn't left. He's there for you and with you. So I want to encourage you to pray every day. Psalm 23, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You are with me. God's power and presence are with you right now. Amen. And the fourth way to depend or to deepen your dependency on God, it's right there in the psalm, is to depend on God's protection. We should pray for God to supernaturally protect us and our family. You know, Psalm 23, 5 says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil and my cup overflows. The Bible clearly warns us that we are in a spiritual battle. 
that there's an enemy that would like to take advantage of this time and try to depress us, discourage us, oppress us. He wants us to, he wants to steal our joy. He wants to, he wants to rob us of everything that God wants to bless us with. And so he wants us to feel so hopeless and helpless that we don't know where to go, what to do anymore. But listen, God promises that he's going to provide a table for us in the presence of our enemies. I love that. It, that's the divine protection of the Lord. Amen. He will protect you, my brothers and sisters. Remember the Passover? You know, the Passover, whenever uh, the children of Israel in bondage and the plagues hit them, and, and when the, the final plague the Lord instructed the children of Israel to sacrifice a lamb, take the blood, put it over the doorpost. And, and they did. They did as they were instructed. They put the blood over their doorpost. And whenever the plague, whenever the death angel came over there, their land, they never touched one of the, the homes of the children in Israel, of Israel. That was divine protection. Amen. That's the picture of being protected by the blood of Jesus. And so listen, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. God's protection is over you. We need to depend on God's supernatural protection over our health, over our finances, over our families, over our, 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 our uh, our, our stuff, our possessions. We need to claim God's protection over everything that is around us. Amen. We need to claim God's protection over us as a people. Revelation 12, 11 says this, and they overcame him because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony symbolically through prayer. I want to encourage you to apply the protection of the blood of Jesus over your life, over your family, over your home. Thank you, Lord. Your blood is covering me. Your blood is covering my family. The divine protection of the Lord. Come on, there's a divine protection. Come on, like an umbrella that is covering you today. Amen. You know, earlier I told you about that that fishing experience. And you know, as I was thinking about it later that afternoon, it's like, man, that tire could have hit another car, could have harmed somebody. That trailer could have caused us to flip over and we could have got severely injured. And, and as I was thinking about what could have happened that didn't happen because of God's provision, I was thinking about this. And I remembered every time we go on a trip like that, Tanya and I will take a moment to pray and we'll ask the Lord, Lord, would you cover us with your blood? Would you cover us with your divine protection? And I started thinking, man, we prayed about that at the beginning of the day and that God's protection was with us at the, at the end of the day. So I want to encourage you, depend on God, depend on God's supernatural protection. Come on, a thousand may fall at your right hand, 10,000 on your, on your left hand, but you will not be touched. Come on, I'm believing that for you in Jesus' name. Amen. And then the fifth and the final way to deepen your dependency on God is to depend on God's promises. You know, every day we should depend on the blessings of of God in our life. Notice the personal pronouns in the last two verses of this Psalm, Psalm 23. Me, my, and I. These are personal promises to you and I as children of God. Listen to what it says in verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. 
my cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I encourage you, put your name there. Everywhere where it says me or my or I, put your name there. The Lord has prepared a table for Todd in the presence of my enemies. Come on. You have anointed Todd's head with all. Put your name there. Here's God's promises that we can depend on. That he's going to anoint your head with oil. That your cup is going to overflow flow, which means you're going to have more than enough favor and blessings on your life to help other people. Surely goodness and, and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Everywhere you go for the rest of your life, good things are going to happen in your life. I believe that today. And I'm claiming that for you today. These are just a few of God's many promises. But I like to just claim that, Lord, you're preparing a table. You're anointing my head. Lord, your mercy and your goodness, your kindness is following me. It's chasing me down. Job 22, 28 says this, you will declare a thing and it will be established for you and light will shine on your ways. I declare that in the name of Jesus. Come on. I declare your head is anointed, which means God's authority is on your life. God's blessing is on your life. Come on. I'm declaring his goodness and his mercy is on you and it's, it's your house is blessed. Come on. Your cup is not just getting filled. It's overflowing. Come on. It's coming out of the cup. I'm believing that, speaking that for you. Listen, God knows how to provide a roadway in the wilderness, a stream in the desert, even in the midst of a pandemic. God can supernaturally do incredible things for you. Amen. I believe that with everything in me. Five ways to deepen your dependency on God. Depend on God's provision. Depend on God's peace. Depend on God's presence. Depend on God's protection. And finally, depend on God's promises. And you know, the very, the very last promise that's right here in this psalm, he says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's an incredible promise. Of course, that's speaking of an eternal promise. Of, of the promise of blessing, not only here and now, but whenever I get over to the other side. It's a promise for all those who have fully surrendered their heart and their life to Christ. King David knew the Lord firsthand when he says, the Lord is my shepherd. That speaks of knowing God personally and intimately. It's not just knowing about God, it's knowing him personally. And the Bible says that you got to know him personally. In fact, the scripture says that not everybody that calls upon God actually knows him personally. Listen what it says in Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my father who's in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Listen, not everybody gets to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You have to know him personally. I don't know where you are tonight, today, but I want to pray for you. Because you know what? God has a, a spot at the table for you. He, it's not his desire that anybody get left out. But you have to make the decision to surrender your heart and your life to Christ. And I want to pray for you right now. And I want to ask you to just, just honestly and, and completely, sincerely turn your heart towards the Lord. You shall have no other gods before me. God wants to be first in your life. The best thing that we could do right now is to deepen our dependency on God. It's the first instruction he gave Israel. Don't make gods out of anything 
any of the blessings, any of the people. You make sure that I'm your first priority and I'm going to take care of you. If you've never surrendered your life, would you just close your eyes right there where you are? And would you just pray this prayer from your heart and say this, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. And Lord, I know that I've made gods out of other things. But today I repent. I ask you to forgive me. I, I want to make you my Lord. I want you to be the only God in my life. I want you to be the number one priority of my life. Jesus, would you forgive me and come into my heart and life and fill me with your power and your presence? Amen. Listen, if you made that decision, just when we end here, there'll be a, a connect card that you could just fill out. Just let us know that you made that decision. We want to pray for you. We got some resources for you, like a Bible if you need one. We can send that to you. I encourage you to just reach out to us and let us know that you made that decision. That's the greatest decision you could ever make. But also, some of you, you, you're going through a tough time and you need prayer. Listen, we're here to support you and to encourage you. As the staff here at the church, we're under shepherds and we're here to try to help the best way that we can. And so I encourage you to let us know you have a prayer request. And of course, you know, there's another tab there which is about giving. And thank you so much. Many of you have asked, how do I send my tithe in? And thank you for being so faithful in your giving. Obviously, with our church closed, you know, we have to rely on people's faithful giving. So thank you for doing that. If you belong to another church, I encourage you to give to your church. Support your local church. Amen. But as we conclude today, can we just have a word of prayer together? Would you just, in your living room, in your bedroom, in your back patio, wherever you are, would you just close your eyes? And I just want to pray. The Lord is my shepherd. Psalm 23. I want to encourage you to just read it and to quote it and to pray it and to declare it. Come on, declare that he's your provision. He's your peace. He's your protection. Come on, declare it today that his promises are yours. Father, I pray for every person that's out there right now that's hearing my voice. Lord, you are the good shepherd. I thank you, Lord, that you're my shepherd and you're their shepherd. And Lord, we declare, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Thank you, Lord, for your supernatural provision and grace over your people today. Lord, I pray that they would find symbolically, spiritually speaking, green pastures and quiet waters. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you restore souls, that there would be peace and there would be rest and grace over each and every one. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing of God, for filling their cup up to overflowing. I declare the favor and blessing of the Lord over the people of God today in Jesus' name. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much for being with us. We love you guys. We can't wait to have a just a celebration service in the building again. But until then, God bless you. Be safe. We love you. Be blessed as, as we conclude. In Jesus' name, amen.